This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to another Tiny Toons episode of the Animaniacast. Kakbe TV begins its broadcasting day. Hiya, Toonsters. If you're like us, you look at the junk that's on TV and say, I could come up with better ideas than that. In fact, you're probably saying it right now. Quiet! And welcome everybody once again to Talkin' Tiny Tunes. This is this is the spin-off series of the Animaniacast. And today we are talking about another episode of Tiny Toon Adventures. We are revisiting our favorite jokes and all the cultural references and gags that we can find. And let me tell you, in this one, there's a lot of them. And in the end, we're going to give these episodes... A water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again, right next to me, once again, is my brother Nathan. Uh, don't hate me just because uh, I'm beautiful. <laughs> and across the country in Georgia, she's back. It's Kelly. Hello. Hello, Kelly. Welcome back to the show. We missed you. Thank you. We missed you in our Pinky in the Brain talk. Well, I was I was studying for JIP parody. That's right. It was very important. But we'll have we have our poll results, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, all about Pinky and the Brain. We're going to discuss that towards the end of the episode. So just fast forward. The if, end you of wanna, the ep- if you really want to know all that, <laughs> super important. Yes, we'll we'll have that. But today, before we get to all, you know, we wrap up our little discussion on Pinky and the Brain. We are talking about Tiny Toon Adventures, and we are talking about not. One, but two episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. They said it couldn't be done. I. Wait, we're only doing one water tower rating. We're doing. I think we should double the water tower okay, rating. Because in your we, intro, you said one. Well, you what, said episodes and give a water tower rating. So well, it, well it's true. <laughs> give the episodes a water tower rating. Well, uh, it, it, separately. Guess. It works. It <laughs> sure. works. Anyway, <laughs> semantics. <laughs> Welcome to the Semantics Podcast. No, today we're going to be talking about not one but two episodes. And this was uh, suggested by one of our listeners on Instagram. We asked everybody out there to give us some suggestions about what episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures we should talk about because there's so many of them. And Rapid Kirby 3K said k acme tv or acme cable tv question mark and i looked at those i said oh yeah i I looked at them and i was like i remember these and then i realized they are so similar yeah (laughs) that i think we better just do both of them together because yeah why not right let's just be we'll just jam full of facts and well stuff. this is very much like in in the in the mindset of like rick and morty how rick and yeah. morty do, does the ch- flipping the channels episodes yep this was the precursor to all that it's just like we're gonna flip through a bunch of channels we're gonna do a ton of different parodies and if 
some jokes are going to work, some jokes aren't, but just move on to yeah, the next one. Yeah, don't worry, it's only a 15-second joke, so <laughs> exactly. we're on to the next one already. And So we're going to basically run through a kind of a summary, the highlights of each segment until the commercial break, and then pause to talk about our favorite moments, maybe some of the references that any of us didn't get, and uh, we'll just kind of go from there, so... I'm excited. Oh, I'm so excited. So, so excited. Are you excited, Kelly? Very excited. Excellent. We're all excited. <laughs> We're all so excited. <laughs> Let's go ahead and get to it. Nathan, please tell us, when did these episodes first premiere? Oh, okay. I'm so glad you asked, Joey. Uh, so, uh, there's two episodes here, as you said. Yes. Um, one is episode uh, 64, I believe, of season one. Yeah. And that is K-Acme TV. And that was released on uh, February 26th of 1991. Which was just a few days before the release of the movie The Doors. Just a few days before the infamous Rodney King beating. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was just one day after Bruce McNall, Wayne Gretzky, and John Candy bought the Toronto Agronauts, which is a, <laughs> is a Canadian uh, football team, I guess. All right. Like, Never Argonauts. heard of, I don't think they went far. My I guess. don't know. I think they... I don't know. I don't know anything about football in Me America. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, And then this other episode, I think it was like... Episode seven of season two. I don't know. I should probably have notes in front of me, but oh well. Uh, that was released on Monday, November 11th of 2000. Oh, sorry, of 1991, which was just two days uh, before the release of Disney's Beauty and the Beast. Oh. I love that movie. Right? Yeah. Uh, it was just three days before the music video Black or White first televised on television it was uh aired on fox i recognize these facts these were facts that came from uh before we were going over a yes. different episode there was an episode came out one episode before a previous episode <laughs> <laughs> i want to say it was buster and babs go hawaiian that um, that those exact same dates were mentioned we've already reviewed that one so well hey it's not my fault 1991 Nothing happens. No, that's no. that's absolutely true. Nothing happened in um, 1991. I could tell you the um, exact episode that came out before this one. Okay. Or it was right after this one. Um, it was, wait for it, drum rolls. I didn't hear a drum roll. It was Bubs, Buster and Babs Go Hawaiian. I, I knew it. Um, yeah, there we go. Um, I can read you all the notes from that one if you want to. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our discussion here of K Acme TV. And K Acme TV was written by Paul Dini. Sherry Stoner, and Tom Ruger. It was directed by Kent Butterworth, Art Leonardi, and Ken Boyer. And I think you see those some of those names show up a little later in this episode as well. We'll get to that in a little bit. But <laughs> Nathan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what happens here in the first third of this episode. All right. Well, we find out that uh, Buster and Babs have taken over K-Acme TV, um, which I guess is like... A PBS system. I don't even know if this is like supposed to be like anything in particular, but it's basically they've taken over a television station and they're going to start airing some segments that we want to see. 
I guess, or at least they want to see. Uh, so the first segment they show is uh, it's called Tinker Bunny's Wonderland, Wonderful World of Make Believe and Learning Fun, um, which is like a mix between a Disney and uh, Pee Wee's Herman, maybe I don't know. It's and Mister Rogers, Mister Rogers. It's a bunch of things just kind of mixed together, and you learn about rain, and there's some jokes in there. <laughs> Tremendous day to make a friend A nifty daily be college prepared To learn that E equals MC squared It's a confusing day to be a child Should you study or go hog wild Though only a toddler you may be It's time to study for the SAT I don't know how specific I want to get, so let's go on to the next one. Moving on. Plucky's Unlucky <laughs> Worm commercial, uh, which is a parody of Lucky Charms. Always after me unlucky worms, the sugary cereal with slimy surprises. Green worms, yellow grubs, purple slugs, and pink maggots. Part of this balanced breakfast. Um, and then we have the Jip parody, which is a segment with Buster Bunny. Uh, hosting... The first appearance of Jip parody. Yeah, which um, they stole from... Uh, Pinky in the Brain, I believe. Or vice versa. Wait, what? Yeah. I got to check the dates on this. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, so uh, Buster is uh, playing Alex Trebek, and, or, you know, a parody of him. Uh, and then the contestants are Elmira El- El- Duff, Calamity Coyote, and Dizzy Devil. And, you know, Elmira Duff just keeps saying bunny, except when the answer is supposed to be bunny, then she doesn't say it. Remember, your answer must be spoken in the form of a question. Ready? American firsts for 50. He was the first president of the United States. Elmira. A bunny. I mean, what is a bunny? You know, Dizzy Devil ate his stand and uh, Calamity's Coyote's button doesn't work. So that's, that's basically the segment there. But All right. And then, yeah, and it's not just a... A parody of Alex Trebek. I think they call him Art Winkle Bunny or something. Yeah, like that, a... which is actually like, um, there's a game show host. Uh, what's his name? Art Winkleman or something like that. He's uh, let me let me pull that up right here. Uh, game show. Well, the first Jeopardy host was Art Fleming, I believe. Oh, okay. Uh, the 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 whole thing of wink uh wink martindale that's who i'm trying to think of so wink martindale is i think that the, his like his nickname was wink and both this one and then in the next one where it's like the toonie wood squares or whatever it is mm-hmm. has a very similar name to that one as well <laughs> so the instead of like winkle bunny it's like winkle man or something like that so that whole wink thing is in both of these cartoons. Well, a lot of uh, uh, stuff, obviously referencing. You've kind of mentioned it as we as we went. So we have the we have the kids show. We have Lucky Charms. We have Jip Parody. Uh, what were some moments in this these uh, first ones right here that you uh, thought were funny, Nathan? Uh, I liked learning about rain, about <laughs> the actual like science of how 
lightning is formed and I, everything. I believe it was all true. Yeah. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, this is actually, like, educational It was here, a too. cool, like, uh, Einstein voice that Plucky was doing. Yeah. And then Acid Rain, I feel like that was a bigger thing in the early 90s than it is now. Cause... Yeah, you don't hear about Acid Rain. You hear about <laughs> climate change more yeah. than... But acid rain. I know that was. I remember as a kid seeing cartoons and be like, "Oh, here's acid rain." You know, like there be there was an episode of Simpsons that had acid rain and yeah, always burning through your clothes yep. and everything like that. Yep, but, it's a great thing for cartoons. It's acid rain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Kelly, what about you? I like the Japarity segment. That was pretty cute. I like just the Elmira was pretty funny in that. Yeah. One. What is the bunny? <laughs> <laughs> what is the bunny? No, no, it is not funny. Is that the only word you can say? <laughs> no. The the one that really stood out for me, which rewatching this, I was like, oh, I remember this, was the Lucky Charms commercial for the magically disgusting mm-hmm. line. I just that hit a nerve in the back of my head that I was like, oh, I remember saying that to my friends. And it just, it, it I don't know. Yeah. I, I did. I think it was it's hilarious not, now. No, not really. And it's but not like the most clever when, thing. When like, I was a kid. Instead man, of delicious, disgusting. disgusting. <laughs> and it was funny. And I'm like, why would they say this at a commercial? Yeah. I remember liking that as a kid and, <laughs> and enjoying it today because it was gross because there were worms. Busted a monkey worms. They're magically disgusting. Yeah. Well, anyway, now let's go on to the middle segment right here. So after a break, we come back and we're going to a Outer Limits Twilight Zone intro. They kind of do this again. They're going to have an Outer Limits intro in the next episode as yeah. well. So you're hitting kind of the same jokes in some of these uh, cartoons, but whatever. They do an Outer Limits slash Twilight Zones intro, and which goes right into I Love Dizzy. Uh, which is obviously a parody of I Love Lucy, specifically the episode where uh, Lucy has to, you know, put cho- make chocolates. Yeah. And Dizzy does it, and he just basically eats all the cakes instead. Add a cherry like so. And carefully place it over here like so. Do you have all that, Mr. Devil? <laughs> Fine. I'll be back later to check on your progress. Uh, although it was interesting to see that some parts of the black and white screen were red, such as the cherries and the on and off switch. It's, so they did put some color into it's this like black an Animaniacs. And white. It really was like wacko <laughs> on the uh, on that episode where they're making uh, pies, and you could see like certain things were red still. So yeah, there you go. They had Calvin Klein, Cal, uh, not Calvin Klein's, Cal, uh, Calvin. Acme's depression commercial. So instead of obsession, it's Fifi going around the place with all these uh, male cats uh, saying, oh, she stinks. Calvin Acme's depression. A Super Pluckio's commercial. Super Pluckio Brothers, I should say, commercial. Mm -hmm. It's the brand new hit video game, Super Pluckio Brothers. Live the fun and excitement as you guide Pluckio and his brother Linguini through Fungo World. Then a trailer for that parodied Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and this one's called Honey, I Shrunk the Clothes. Coming soon, Hampton Pig and Go-Go Dodo in their first big screen adventure, Honey, I Shrunk the Clothes. And it has a really funny 
credit sequence, which yeah. we'll get into in a little bit because it, it goes by very quickly and it's very funny. And finally, ending with Tune Court, uh, which is parroting the People's Court. Calamity Coyote is doing really what every Wiley Coyote or Calamity should do, which is to sue, sue yeah. Acme. Mm-hmm. And I thought I might be. I think there's going to be a Wiley Coyote movie. This has been in the talk and talks actually for a while. Okay. I wonder if it's going to have something to do with Wiley Coyote taking on the Acme Corporation because that would be a that would be a nice let's get like a Bridget not Bridget Jones who is the the legally blonde no no legally yeah do a legally blonde with that or um, what's the one with Julia Roberts oh yeah um, that one that one the Julia Roberts movie where she's the 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 lawyer or you know what I mean yeah I want to say John Malkovich but that's not it. <laughs> Well, anyway, <laughs> seeing Wiley Coyote take on the Acme Corporation in a movie would be pretty cool. All right, critter. You claim you had some trouble with that there caddy pole, huh? Well, prove it, you flea-bitten varmint. Well, those were our segments for the second one. Um, there was a lot of good stuff in this uh, second one. I, I saw a lot of stuff I liked. Uh, Kelly, what was? did you see anything in there that you particularly liked? I liked the Super Pluckio brothers, and I thought they did a really good job with the music. I mean, at, at some points, it sounded exactly like the, the music from Super Mario Brothers, and the animation was really good. Yes. The, I think the sound effects were... I, somebody was commenting, and I for, forget who it was, but somebody online, one of our listeners or somebody who follows us on Twitter, uh, put that clip up and just said, wow, I can't believe they got away with using Nintendo's sound effects. Because you can hear some of them are exactly yeah. the Nintendo like, sound effects, but you know they hey, they they snuck it by Nintendo. I don't think that would work today if a, if a if Warner Brothers decided to do that again. I think Nintendo would probably ask them for money. Nathan, what about you? Um, oh man, I love the uh, honey. I shrunk the laundry. Um, just all the. I laughed until I stopped. Yes. and things like that. Gene Shalit said that. That was a good review. It's good. <laughs> like I'm like. That's a great, like, <laughs> that's how I feel about this podcast and anything, you know. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get to uh, the credit sequence, which I thought was really great. The credits go on to say, Warner Brothers and Amblin Animation co-ventures in association with Lotso Cash Partners, the fourth, <laughs> present a Tom Ruger production of a Ken Boyer, Art Leonardi, and Kent Butterworth film. Hampton J. Pig, Go-Go Dodo in Honey, I Shrug the Clothes, starring Buster Bunny, Babs Bunny, no relation, Montana Max, Plucky Duck, Cesar Romero. Cesar Romero is the entire population of Oakland, California. Uh, Little Beeper, Calamity Coyote, and introducing Eddie Fitzgerald as Mookie. Uh, in case you That's didn't know, good. Eddie Fitzgerald is, of course, the inspiration for uh, Pinky, Mickey the Brain. Uh, then, of course, it goes on with appearance by Fifi LaFume as the irate, irate customer. Executive producer, G. Who, written by the usual guys, drawn by Kex By Byron, Barry DeMello, and the rest of the gang at the Tiny Toons Cartoony Factory. Model colors figured out at great expense by Bunny Munns. Uh, background by Carthrin. And Brian <laughs> music by one of the Bruce's guys based upon the book 
Crime and Punishment. I like that. <laughs> by Fyodor Dochievsky. Uh, harried assistant to harried producer. Deborah. Deborah Blanchard. Yes. <laughs> and Kenneth Ross. Monitor, Paul Strickland. Does it hurt your eyes to read print this tiny? <laughs> Live action reference by Sherry Stoner. Mildly disgusted with the whole thing. Tom Minton. Person with nothing better to do than to write this. Paul Dini. <laughs> Thank you, Paul Dini. Uh, this line is for people who hit freeze frame and look for suspect messages. Art direction, Vincent Van Gogh. Edited by Cuisinart. Most of the people listed here had nothing whatsoever to do with the making of this movie. They just like seeing their names whiz by at one-tenth of a second. Hampton J. Pig appears courtesy of Oscar Mayer Incorporated. Go Go mm-hmm. Dodo's Hair by Vegomatic. Original soundtrack recording available on Elevator PA Systems. Be sure to buy and buy every product connected with this movie or you're in big trouble, Jack. We're not kidding. We know where you live. Directed by Ken Boyer, Art Leonardi, Kent Butterworth, Kennedy Cartoons. Don't waste your seven bucks on this hound. Go see Grim Loons 2 instead. Hi, Mom. <laughs> anyway. Wow. wow. Yep. <laughs> it's it's hard Grim to read. Loons, get, get Grim Loons, yes. But like that was like when I'm watching, I'm like, yeah, I gotta pause this and yeah. read all these. Like the, it's really hard reading it though, because it's spaced really yeah. poorly and there's no punctuation and everything like some words are cap like some, usually the names are capitalized but other times yes like hampton j pig was not capitalized so it's like a weird yeah. i don't know i don't know if they they sent it out to like foreign animation studio to just say put this text in here and the people mm. kind of capitalized and uncapitalized it and put know. no punctuation in uh it was a little hard to read but it's still funny stuff yeah so that was the, the highlight for me uh, going through all this stuff, um, and just and little things that I remember just as a kid. For some reason, Dizzy running around in circles when he the pies were just yep. hitting the floor, uh, and him just <laughs> running around in circles, not doing anything about it, was memorable to me. Again, that hit a part in my brain that I said, "Oh, I remember that as a kid. That was funny." <laughs> anyway, uh, that's I guess. Let's move on to the third segment. And I think Kelly liked this third one quite a bit for a, a special appearance. So, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens in the third segment of this first episode we're talking about? Okay. Well, there was a lot, uh, actually. Yes. The, um, <laughs> there was um, The Blunder Years, which was a parody of The Wonder Years. And Hampton's looking back on his childhood where he was... Um, playing baseball at Acme Loon University. Please don't let the ball come to me. Please don't let the ball come to me. Please don't let the ball come to me. Please don't. And he wasn't any good at it. And it really brought back terrible memories of me playing. I guess we played softball and PE. And I would say the same thing. Please don't let the ball come to me. Please don't. (laughs) Same thing with kickball and any sport featuring a ball. I just wanted to stand out there and not have to worry about it. Then there was a nature world and Elmira sees a porcupine and she goes and hugs it and uh, gets her with its quills. And then she screams and gets shot out into space. 
So hopefully she learned her lesson not to hug porcupines. Then there's Ralph, Ralph the guard we know from Animaniacs. And uh, he's laying on a couch and says, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. And then he gets hit with the cream pie. Which I don't, I don't remember. I feel like that's a reference to a perfume commercial or something. Yeah. I don't know what that's (laughs) right. Uh, Then there's Wacky Land Travel Log. And uh, when they say log, they literally mean log. There's a log that uh, visits Wacky Land, and uh, he falls off an unfinished bridge that's, that's currently being drawn. And Gogo puts him on trial, and he's a really horrible judge. Like, I mean, ruthless. And he finds the log guilty and sentences him to hard time in the catacombs. And uh, the poor log. Yeah. And then later, later, Gogo is talking to. Um, the letter Y. Hey, who are you? Why? Because I want to know. That's why. No, that's why. Who are you? I'm you. Who are you? Why? You mean him? Who do you think you are? You rang. Yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> letter humor. <laughs> yeah, it's it's silly. And then uh, then there's the search for big butts. And which, of course, is Bigfoot. And Buster and Plucky are, are looking for um, Big Butt. And they talk to a prospector who looks like Yosemite Sam. I was panning for gold in 1909 when all of a sudden, there it was! A rear end as big as an overturned pickle barrel. He ran away, and then Elmira sees the big butt. It's this big blue butt, and she starts to approach it because it's fluffy and cuddly, and she wants to hug it, but she gets closer, and she's like, "Mm, never mind. Never mind. (laughs) So, um, you know, they're they're like, oh, is is he myth? Is he the missing link? You know, we don't know. Is that what the Sir Mix-a-Lot song's about, that segment? (laughs) Yes, it's about I like big butt. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And I cannot lie. <laughs> oh, that's good. He really, really liked this segment. <laughs> he wrote a whole song about it. All right. Sorry, go on. Go. And then there's a, a Nightline parody, and um, except this is Frightline, and instead of Ted Koppel, it's Fred Doppel. Good evening. I'm Fred Doppel, and this is Frightline. And then he has a monster face. And... Uh, that's really about all that is. Yeah, it's a second. <laughs> Parody of Nightline, um, which I think Saturday Night Live used to make fun of Nightline a lot because I think I learned about it through parody before I ever realized that it was a real show. Yeah, it was it was on way too late at night for me. And also, why would you yeah. why would you want to watch that when you could watch The Tonight Show instead? So, yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Attack of the 50-Foot Girl, Elmira is 50 feet tall and she's scaring the people of Bagme Acres and she's hugging buildings and then Buster and Babs inter- interrupt the movie to advertise the Acme Home cartoon kit. We'll return in a minute to our late, late, late shouldn't you be in bed by now movie. But first, this word from the Acme Home cartoon kit. They are wanting to sell it to anyone who wants to start their own cartoon series. 
You want to make your own syndicated kitty show? Then the Acme Home Cartoon Kit has everything you need. Zany Prop. Writers, artists, ink and paint, animation cells, and executive staff. Some people with money to pay for it all. And some guy who doesn't do anything but put his name on the picture. And the funny thing about this is, you know, you've got like writers and directors and people who put their names on the show and don't do anything. And lo and behold, and I knew what was coming. (laughs) It was Steven Spielberg. It was Steven Spielberg. And so I was like, yay. And now Myra thanks him for making her part bigger. And he says, I didn't make your part bigger. I made you bigger because she's still like the 50 foot woman. And she's. Holding a little tiny Steven Spielberg in her hands. <laughs> and uh, so that that was exciting. I'd forgotten. I think I've seen this before, but it was, you know, when the show first aired. So I had I'd forgotten about it. So, but as soon as I heard, you know, people who put their name on the show and don't do anything, I knew they were talking about Steven. <laughs> not a nice way. That's not a nice comment, but I knew they were just making fun of it. And they just, had a just, lot of the writers and animators, they had all these caricatures, like a ton of oh, them. Oh, yeah. Like so many that I, I recognize Bruce Tim because whenever they put Bruce Tim, it, it's a very noticeable, repeatable caricature. I couldn't picture, I couldn't exactly point out Tom, who was supposed to be Tom Ruger and stuff. Um, but obviously he's in there. And then some of the Warner Brothers executives obviously were being pictured. I'm assuming um, Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall were probably some of the folks that dropped out of there oh. as well. Uh, because they, so, they, they were going so fast, it was hard to tell. Yeah, and exactly. And it, it, you're also kind of, uh, they don't say exactly who these people are. You're kind of like, the artist knows. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there's a just a, a, a an insane amount of people on here. So... Uh, maybe somewhere online somebody can uh, make a little picture that points out and <laughs> does little arrows to each one of them. But it was I think it had to be the animator that yeah, drew it exactly, all. Yeah, because nobody else would know. <laughs> like looking at this photo, uh, I just froze a screenshot of it and they all just look like generic. <laughs> yeah, I know. When the, the far away shot just looks like little stick figures, but whatever. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead. Uh, so Kelly, obviously the, the highlight for you must have been seeing Spielberg, as you said right there. Yes, I, I always get excited about a Spielberg sighting. Speaking of which, I was surprised and delighted to see him at the Academy Awards because I didn't know he was presenting the In Memoriam segment. So my friend was so cute. She's like, I'm excited for you, Kelly, because I, <laughs> I stood up in my seat. We were watching it at a movie theater, and I stood up in my seat, and I got all excited, and then I had to sit down because I had, I had to calm myself But uh-huh. um, because, you know, it was a sad segment. So I'm like, well, I can't be cheering Oh, for yeah, that. exactly. But, um, I was just excited to see him because I I looked at the list of presenters and he wasn't on there, so I was like, ah, eh, whatever. But uh, but he's usually around. I usually see him, so I was excited. All right. Well, uh, Nathan, what were some things that you thought were cool in this? Um, I the Ralph the Guard one reminded me of George Costanza modeling, but that didn't happen for, yeah. until five years <laughs> That's later. That's true. Uh, but, and, <laughs> and this is uh, the whole "Don't hate me because I'm beautiful." I, yeah, I knew it was a commercial. And I had to look it up. I think it was a L'Oreal shampoo commercial. Uh, the woman no. would start off the commercial by saying, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. I use L'Oreal shampoo. We'll play a clip of it right here. Don't hate me because I'm beautiful. This is my hair in the morning. So I wash it just like you. And blow it dry just like you. So how come my hair looks great despite all this? 
I discovered Pantene. Pantene's pro-vitamin B5 complex penetrates your hair to give it inner strength. So it looks Don't hate me just because I'm beautiful. Uh, at any rate, uh, that was a, a quick reference that I'm like, that is something. Uh, also, there's the reference right there with the travel log. I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think that voice of, this is a travel log or something like that, it could have been a parody of a... Uh, it could have been a parody of a uh, Hugh Hauser, maybe. Who you know, you he's know, a funny voice. He has a funny. I've voice. I've watched some of his. Uh... Hugh Hauser uh, died about six years ago, but he's Nathan. Tell us who Hugh Hauser is for those people who he lives. Yeah. He lived in California, and he would go around saying hey, another wonderful place and glorious, gorgeous California. Yeah, and he would kind of oh look, California, look yeah, behind just, me, and, but and, yeah, yes, this is a travel log. Ah, beautiful scenic wacky land. Land of Serenity, home of Gogo, last of the Dodo. Come down here to the Salton Sea. If you don't find Steve, look up Wacko. He'll give you the tour. And the lady who runs the RV, Lee. Lee, her knee will be fixed by then. We hope so. And uh, they'll show you as good a time as they showed us today. You know, a lot of like Paul Rugg just an Instagram video recently was parroting him. I think it's. It's somebody that a lot of Californians know who yeah, he is. Because he was he was basically on their public access right. something. So he would always run across Huel Hauser, but to anyone outside of California, it's like who's who's Huel Hauser? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so I think they were and since it was traveling around, I was like, I think they're doing a parody of Huel Hauser right there, a voice. Uh and I really like the uh I really like the the part where Elmira said, "Never mind." Uh, again, another part that I remember as a kid going, "That's funny." Um, we find out Gogo's full name. Oh yes, it's Gogo Waxton the Dodo. It says that in the travel log. Uh, there we go. So we knew it was Gogo Dodo, but now we know. <laughs> well, uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff in there. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break real quick. And let's listen to a retro Tiny Toons commercial. With new Tiny Toon Adventures fruit snacks. Dizzy, I promised my parents I wouldn't make a mess. Is this O'Hare Airport? Mmm, yummy. I could eat you all up. These really fit the bill. Those went fast. Hello. Mom, you're coming home? The Party Animals in New Tiny Toon Adventures Fruit Snacks. Hey, this is Tom Ruger, and you're listening to the Animaniacast. And we're back. Wasn't that great? I liked it. All right. Well, let's go <laughs> ahead and get to <laughs> the second up episode right here. And, of course, we're back to it. T- channels, once again, changing channels. Except this time, Buster and Babs are sick, right? And they're, they have cable. Yes. Uh, so let's go ahead and talk about Acme Cable TV. Yes, this is the um, seventh episode of season two, I should say, since I didn't say before. Okay. <laughs> And Acme Cable TV was written by Paul Dini, Tom Ruger, Nicholas Hollander, and Peter Hastings. And it was directed by Alfred Gimeno and David uh, West, also co-directed it with him. So, 
Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in the first third of this cartoon? All right. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, Buster and Babs are sick, um, and they don't feel like doing a cartoon today. So they're just going to sit down and watch TV, and we get to join them. Uh, they have the Taiwan flu, which causes them to sneeze in an accent. Hi, Toonsters. Babsy and I had a great show lined up, but we came down with the Taiwan flu. Now we sneeze with an accent. Achoo! I don't know if yeah. that's a racist I, joke. No. <laughs> it was kind of a little... It was a little questionable, <laughs> but you did also couldn't really hear much of an accent as, yeah, as well. They it just, it's just when they sneeze, they sneeze in an accent. Yeah, I think, yeah, but they didn't really do any kind of like offensive yeah, accent so that I could really hear, but go ahead. Uh, so uh, we start off with a Babsy and Buzzwinkle show, which is just uh, Babs and Buster uh, in a uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle, Bullwinkle yeah. uh, parody. Um, and that's really cute. Uh, they end up, uh, they're on a rocket and it's about to crash. And then, like, will it crash? And that's how it kind of ends. When they were strapped onto a Polaris missile and launched toward the Bay of Pigs. Hokey jokes, Buswinkle. With dated 60s references like this, we won't have much of a life in reruns. Don't worry. If this missile explodes, we won't have much of a life, period. How can you crack jokes at a time like this? We gotta do something to eat up air time. We don't have enough money for animation. And then there's a Foot Loops commercial. That's right, Foot Loops, not Fruit Loops. Uh, you gotta follow your feet, and you eat his bunions, his go-go, uh, trying to sh- sell his cereal to Shirley. And it's just who, by the way, that's Rob Paulson singing right there. I believe that is not Frank Welker, as far as I can tell. Interesting. I'm pretty darn sure, even though it doesn't list him in the credits. Uh, I don't know. Let's listen to a clip right here, and and you could be the judge. But I'm pretty sure that's Rob Paulson singing. If it's something tasty you like to eat, then do it like me and use your feet. I follow my toes, it smells kind of gross, like something dead, starting to decompose. And ironically, the voice of Toucan Sam today mm-hmm. is... I know this. Who is it? Maurice LaMarche. That's right. So... I thought it was as, as we were kids, too. It, yeah, still is. Yeah, I, yeah he's I done it for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, a, it's, not, it's not a new development. No. He's been doing it. Um, but he's been doing it. So... What else we got? So after foot 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 uh, loops, foot loops. <laughs> I know you want to say foot loops. Foot. Uh, it's uh, Walt Disney presents the cat who thought he was Walt. a hammerhead shark. It's well, I think you said Walt, Walt Dizzy. Di- sorry, Walt Dizzy. Yes, yeah. um, which is a parody of Walt Disney, um, and it'd be like a Disney cartoon of something. But this one just silly. It's uh, just furball falls into the ocean, and a hammerhead shark adopts him. As the years passed, the little fella grew to love his watery life. Very short. Uh, Flassie, which is like um, a Buttons almost. <laughs> yeah. This is a Buttons, Mindy and Buttons parody uh, called Flassie. And it's about this dog who sees uh, Montana Max fall off a, a cliff. And then uh, she runs over and finds Elmira and says, hey, like this is all in English too. And the... The King's English. <laughs> this is really weird. It's so weird. Yeah, but it's basically saying like, oh, you need to call someone. Someone's fell off a cliff. And then Elmira just barking at her. A hiker is hanging from Dead Man's Peak. Call the rangers, okay? <laughs> 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 
Don't you speak the king's English? And then it just said, the smartest dog with the dumbest girl on Plassie. And that's that's the end of the first uh, act, I guess. Yeah, there we go. Well, yeah, what stood up for you in this first uh, third right here, Kelly, of, of this of this episode? Well, I thought the Foot Loops was really, really gross. Yeah. <laughs> Not it. It wasn't funny to me because it was gross. <laughs> so, um, and I liked I liked the Flassie because I I didn't expect the dog to be speaking so properly speaking at all but then when she was speaking it was it was so proper uh that that was i did <laughs> the grabbing elmira by the shoulders i thought was pretty funny uh i particularly like the the rocky and bullwinkle parody yeah that was great they did a really good job with the voices of rocky and bullwinkle too i thought yeah and and just the animation well even they they're trying to comment about how cheap the animation is, but the animation for most of it was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, when well, they, they did those stylized walk as they were walking down the pier, uh, as a like a instead of uh, Boris and Natasha, it was uh, uh, Montana Max and Elmira dressed yeah. up as them catching them. And they they mentioned a funny thing in here where they talk about dated references of the '60s. And here it is, almost thirty years later. <laughs> we're talking about, we're talking about. Uh, well, yeah, it's almost thirty years later mm-hmm. from from. Uh, it's the same thing. We're talking about dated references of Tiny Toons. Yeah. So, so is it thirty years after. So. Yeah, because they're talking about Bay of Pigs right here, uh, and all these you know missiles and and things like that with Cold War stuff. The nineteen sixties. Uh, I thought it was. Funny, funny, funny how it just kind of all goes together, loops around. It's like Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh, well, sort of. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I guess I missed a Tinkerbell reference in this segment, too. Is that right? Or is that yeah, right? there's Tinkerbell. Babs is kind of doing a Walt, you know, because at the beginning it says, uh, instead of the world, wonderful world of color, yeah. it says, uh, what does it say here? What show is a carnival of color? the carnival of color with walt dizzy or something like yeah. that yeah so yeah and she blows up the entire place with a bazooka with her fireworks like bazooka. Violent. yeah <laughs> so yeah poor babs but the second two episodes again in a row she's dressed up as tinkerbell so you right? can kind it's of another... like get confused so yeah some good stuff uh yeah there we go i guess let's move on to the second part huh come listen to Second part starts off with the Ballad of Montana Max. Now, this is kind of like a Beverly Hillbillies kind of yeah. thing. Uh, and the possums that, of course, appear in uh, How I Spent My Summer Vacation are in this. And they... They kind of chase them around, I think, at the end, don't they? Yeah, they like, like eat that. them too, or something like. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. They do. Yeah. And he, he's in their mouth at the yep. end. It's weird. It's a weird. I don't know what the moral of the story is. Not but. really. They <laughs> were singing about them, and then they eat them at the end. That is definitely weird. Uh, Toonie Wood squares uh, Montana Max's out of the possum's belly, 
and he's competing against Elmira uh, on a parody of the Hollywood Squares. And so, you know, they, they kind of say, like, how was the, what was it like during the Civil War or something like that? And the, uh, the Bassett, Byron Bassett says something like, rough. Mm-hmm. And Montana says, you know, I disagree. And, of course, no, life was rough. He disagrees with this whole concept of, you know. Yeah, but it's Elmira wins. And then as a punishment, again, we're very extreme. We thought that, like, Gogo was extreme in the last one, where dropping the travel log into the catacombs. This host, whose name is, wait for it, Blink Winkleman. Wow. Drops... (laughs) Drops Montana Max into Hades. The stupid dog barked! He said woof! That's not an answer! Don't be a sore loser, Monty. And have a pleasant trip! With fire and devils. But he could have won like $800 million. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't remember how much. It was a big risk. (laughs) But this, this whole game show is very weird. But that was the... That was the the main thing. I guess there's a reference in there also to... uh, to Joan Rivers, because of course Tress McNeil does a fantastic Joan Rivers impression. Yeah, he could have got. Yeah, she used to be on Hollywood Squares a lot. Yeah, I used mm-hmm. to watch that show a lot as a kid. So I did too, and I never understood the, the game. Yeah. <laughs> I never understood. You, you know, circle gets a square. Agree or disagree? Alf was on it a lot. Uh, I yeah, it seemed like the celebrities just were talking all the time. And, yeah, and they I don't know making. Uh, it's a lot of innuendo jokes. That's all I really remember. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, let's talk about anything that you thought was uh, memorable on this uh, first one right here. Uh, Kelly, let's start with you. Anything that you thought was cool? I thought the song for the Ballad of Montana Max was really funny. Um, and it, it definitely put me in mind of Beverly Hillbillies, which I, I never really watched. But um, I was familiar with the theme song. So I thought that was the way they... They took it and parodied it. It was very clever. Yeah. Nathan? Um, I liked the, uh, the Hollywood Squares parody just because they get to add some jokes on top of your parody because they, they all have to tell a joke as their answer. And then their answer is also a joke. So it's... <laughs> yeah. You double jokes. Well, there's only one more segment in our double feature, and that is going to go for Kelly. So Kelly, tell us what happens here in... Part three of our second episode today. Okay. There's an Outer Limits parody, and Buster is narrating it, and uh, you sort of see an outline of him on the screen. It's all um, kind of black background, and he's like, we've taken over the horizontal and the vertical, and it's just, it's weird. Um, and speaking of, if you were- uh, speaking of weird, real quick, I had a, this big debate with... <laughs> Nathan and I and Tom Ruger, and Tom Ruger <laughs> before the show started because Buster sounds weird and I was going he really sounds he doesn't sound like Charlie Adler to me I'm like I wonder if if Charlie wasn't able to do the voice or if, if for you know some reason somebody else did the voice and then through Kelly you mentioned that yes it sounds weird because he has the Taiwan flu and I was like oh yes there we go so they, I, for, I totally forgot about the joke at the beginning of the episode. So, <laughs> <laughs> but hey, hey, you know, good acting, Charlie. Yeah, you forgot that you were sick. There is nothing wrong with your television set. 
we are controlling the broadcast. We can control the vertical. We can control the horizontal. We could even make it stall. Jingle bells, jingle bells. Stop goofing around, Buster. Sorry. Uh, and then, uh, so after uh, Outer Limits, of course, we move on to Grossan. So tell us what happens here with Grossan there, Kelly. Okay. Uh, Grossan is a parody of Roseanne, which, even if you weren't familiar with the original series, you know that it has been rebooted in recent years, although now Roseanne is not on it. Um, so I think it's called The Connors. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, Buster and Babs play Dan and Roseanne, and they're don't look like themselves because they're very large uh just like the the actors in roseanne and uh babs brings out all this food that's in the refrigerator and puts it on the table and buster wants to know if it's uh buffet for um i think their bowling team or something and uh she's like no it's my breakfast what about me don't i get to eat anything the plate when I'm finished. Oh, so Buster tries to kiss Babs, and their tummies are so big they they just kind of bounce off each other um, when they try to try to kiss. And then Babs gets knocked into the kitchen cabinets and uh, starts singing the national anthem, which again is making fun of Roseanne because she's singing the national anthem badly. Many years ago. That was such a controversy right there that when she sang the national anthem. Nathan, do you remember this at all? No. People get all upset and like, oh, I can't believe so-and-so is like kneeling or sitting down or something like that. Well, Roseanne did the national anthem and then she... Purposely sang it back? Pur- purposely sang oh. it horribly and then spat, like spit right there on the field wow. at the end of it. And people were so upset. Yeah, but, and people were like, you know, you want to talk about cancel culture of today. <laughs> people were very much like, cancel Roseanne. And mm-hmm. how, how ironic that those same conservative people would be like, don't cancel Roseanne. Uh, no, <laughs> years <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> this is very weird how the world works. Anyway. Very weird. <laughs> so moving on, we have a uh, commercial. Yes, uh Babs is walking out of a hotel and she she's all dressed up. Um, she's got a, a pretty dress on with a little flower on it and um, gets into a taxi and Buster's just standing there and she gets in the taxi and goes to the airport and gets on a jet and the jet's flying and then uh, all of a sudden she gets the plane to turn around and goes back and returns to, to where she had gotten in the taxi you know, outside the hotel, and Buster's still standing there. And she said, "Are those Bunkle Boy jeans that you're wearing?" Excuse me, are those Bunkle Boy jeans you're wearing? I'm not wearing any pants. That's what I thought. And uh, that is the parody of the Bugle Boy jeans com- or Bugle Boy pants commercials that used to be a, a thing. Yes, let's play a clip of one right now. <laughs> Excuse me, are those Bugle Boy jeans that you're wearing? Oh, yes. They are Bugle Boy jeans. 
Thank you. Nathan, do you remember those at all? Those commercials where I, I they, assume they were like commercial for jeans. Bugle Boy. Do you ever know Bugle Boy jeans? No, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> but that commercial reminded me. So it reminded you of jeans. Yep. <laughs> Bugle Boys. I think you could. Are get Bugle them. Boys still around? I don't think so. I think you get them at like J.C. Penney or something like that. I don't even know. Like they're such a '90s brand. They should bring them yeah. back just so people would totally buy them for a. If well, I saw '90s have come back. Yeah, if I saw a, a label that said Bugle Boy, I would probably buy a pair just because I, I think that would be cool. I think I had a pair of Bugle Boys because uh, it worked on me when I was a kid. I thought, oh, girls will stop and ask me about my jeans if I wear them. Okay. Did they? Never. Never did. <laughs> oh. oh, well. <laughs> and now we're going <laughs> to And then we get into a TV parody that people don't like don't really talk about too much anymore yep <laughs> it did not age well no yep it's the um go gosby show gosby this is <laughs> this has go go as parody of the cosby show and he's playing cosby uh and they're actually keeping the um the same names cliff and claire and theo is the son and um Theo wants to take his girlfriend out and wants to borrow the car, and Cliff tells him he can and takes some pudding bars, uh, which, for those who don't know, uh, Bill Cosby used to be the spokesperson for Jell-O pudding pops. Oh, yes. Which were amazing. And I don't think they sell those anymore, either. I haven't uh, seen them. I don't know. I know they do fudgesicle pops, but mm-hmm. I don't know about Jell-O pudding. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Um, Cliff, I believe our children are all growing up well, Claire, seems to me, you see, the thing is, we need more kids. Hello, Central Casting. Send over a new cute daughter from my show. Thanks. Bye-bye. Gotta keep this TV show going, don't you know? Because my movie career's in the dumpster. <laughs> so you are. Have a pudding bar, darling. Which I think is sort of playing off of when they had Raven. Is her name Raven Simone? Yeah. Um, play the little. Uh, she was like, was she an adopted kid or? She I was, don't remember how she, she was. Um, their daughter's daughter, I think, basically. So the granddaughter. Yeah, there was their granddaughter, and I forget. Okay. It was okay. that. What's What's the woman who uh, she was on a different world? I think or something like that. I think that was her. Oh, daughter. Lisa Bonet. I think it was Lisa Bonet's daughter. I think, but again, it's been okay. many years since I've seen. Well, the character, the character's daughter. Yes, exactly. Mm. Uh, to be clear. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there were a lot of characters in the show and the, and the spinoff too. So it, it does get kind of confusing, um, but. Uh, so the little girl shows up and she's like, I'm your cute new daughter. And they're like, oh, yes, you are. And um, because the show ran so long, all the kids had grown up and they were pulling the whole thing like with growing pains and Brady Bunch. You know, they always had to add a new young kid as mm-hmm. the others aged up. It's always the sign that so, your show's about to end. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's the death knell. So um, then he gives the, the new daughter a pudding bar, pudding pop. Yeah. And uh, they call them pudding bars, I think, maybe because they can't call them pudding pops. But they're pudding pops. <laughs> and then uh, 
then the last segment is Incredible Discoveries. And I think this is sort of a take on infomercials. Welcome, friends, to incredible discoveries that happen to be for sale. Yay! I'm Mike Sleazy. What have you got for us today, Jim? Well, Mike, it's something so super, so fabulous, that you at home should just start ordering it even before I tell you what it is. Yay! Yay! Sounds super and fabulous. It is, Mike, it is. Our solar-powered clothes dryer. It's basically a clothesline. Mm -hmm. Because you hang out your clothes in the sun and they dry. And it's, you know... But they really, really ramp it up and it's like, oh, you know, it's solar powered and, you know, it's amazing. I would normally sell for $99, but I'm going to sell it for $9.99. And I was like, no, so I'm going to throw in the, the clothes, what is it, the, uh, she goes in some clothespins and some kind of fasteners or attachments and they still don't like it. And then she lowers the price some more to like $6.99, I think, and they still don't like it. And so then she's throwing in trees to hang it in between and a split level house and I, I think a um a jet and um they still don't like it even though it's a dollar ninety nine and then she just she, she finally throws in the sun. <laughs> and so once they get that they, they like the price and uh I don't see how they can make any money off of that though. No, I don't think so. Dollar ninety nine is kinda of ridiculous. But um so uh, that's the way that segment ends, and then it goes back to Buster and Babs, and they're literally couch potatoes now. And so they're like sour cream, and Buster eats the sour cream, and then he offers Babs some chives, and, you know, she's like, sure. So long, Spudsters! So they, uh, they're they couch potatoes. The end. The end. <laughs> <laughs> well, as Coco Marks would say. Uh, before we get to our water tower rating, Nathan, mm. any parts right here in our last little segment that you you liked? Um, I liked how uh, it was just a clothesline, and I mean the it was a really good deal. Like I was like uh, at four ninety nine, I was like, you know, that's not that bad. Uh, you know, before she even threw the trees or the plane or the house, I was like, you know, that's okay. But, then, <laughs> but it just got ridiculous. The crowd is just turned on her so quickly and that was a whole thing i think they called it incredible discoveries or something like that and there used to be this uh, tele commercial or whatever called it amazing discoveries where the one of the hosts would be the british hello everyone but the value absolutely free fifty dollars worth mike for just 29.95 we're almost there we're almost there you've got to give us more excuse me one second ian no, 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 wait a no, minute. No, 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 no. Gentlemen, Ian, stay no, no, out of this. No, no, Come on, yes. you've got to give us more, Michael, John. Michael. What? Trust me. Yes. English. Trust me. Read my lips. After this, there is no more. Ian, make the man we'll the see. deal. He can't Mike, refuse. Mike, 29 dollars 10 and 10 $50 worth. Advertise it for us. Tell your friends. That's what we're here for, to advertise Ari. Okay. There's another 29 worth. Free of charge. Okay. $80 value. John, it's up to you. Michael, How much? we've got to be there. $29.95. That's a good deal. $80 for $29.95. That's a good deal. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll learn about more uses of Ari, find out how to use these new free things. All this when we come back on Amazing Discoveries. Um, oh, and I like that Buster was still coughing 
from the uh after Babs uh drove away and flew away and flew back, drove back, and he's still coughing from the smoke that uh she drove away with. I don't know. She really I did like the whole thing of her flying so far away yeah. until she finally remembered, wait a minute, I gotta go back, go all the way back. So it was a little padding, but it was still for a comic effect. So it was, it was good. Uh let's see I liked the I like the little line right there was talking about Bill Cosby's uh uh, movie careers in the dumpster with because Bill Cosby could make a great TV show uh, that everybody loved but boy oh boy when it came to movies like Ghost Dad and Clifford Part 6 nobody went to go see his movies he just mm-hmm. it was uh, it was a weird thing you think today that would wouldn't happen but I don't know bad writing for his movies apparently well uh, Kelly is there any last moments in that last segment that you want to get to before we get to our water tower rating um, nothing I want to add, I don't think. All right, well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating for these episodes. Okay, so let's talk about the first one here. What is this? I keep getting them confused. K-Acme TV, I believe. Yes. So out of five water towers, how many would you give K-Acme TV? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, okay, I'll say four water towers. All right, and why? Uh, it was uh, just a funny, lots of funny funs, and there's lots of jokes, and it was pretty original. I don't think there's a lot of cartoons that had done this before. That's true. So, uh, yeah, um, it was mostly all very funny. So, okay, four. I don't know. And Kelly, what about you? What would you give the first one? I would also give it four. It was... It was pretty clever, and I really like the Plucky Brothers segment, and also Steven Spielberg. All right, and I will give it a three and a half. I, I thought it was great. Uh, you know, I thought it was cute more than funny, though. I think it was just I enjoyed it, uh, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't as good as I remembered it. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't I, funny, haha. Yeah, it was funny. It was funny, ho ho. I don't know. Uh, let's go to the second one. So now, Nathan, for the Acme Cable TV, how many water towers would you give that one? Um, I'll do three and a half because, I mean, I've seen this kind of thing before somewhere. I don't know where, but uh, <laughs> this isn't the first time I've seen <laughs> And, uh, oh, the Footloops was really gross, and the some of it didn't age well necessarily, like Roseanne or the Gro- Grosby the go 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 goes be yeah was, yeah um but i do love that uh rocking bullwinkle segment baby all right you say baby too <laughs> uh kelly what about you i'm gonna go with three um i agree pretty much with everything that nathan said but uh also um none of the the segments really stood out as much for me for the second second episode so um a little bit lower rating see i'm gonna give it three and a half again but i actually think it's slightly better than the first one for me uh just because i don't know i thought the anime number one the animation was just slightly better in the second episode that we saw um but i don't know i just i liked some of the longer bits in the second one i liked the roseanne one i liked the cosby show uh one uh and the, the some of the parodies i thought were just a little stronger for me like the rocky and bullwinkle one so uh in fact i'll give it four i'm gonna say four for the next one just to make it a little bit better so totally all over the board for us (laughs) going different directions (laughs) 
But uh, overall, some good good episodes. I, I like Nathan was saying this was not typical of cartoons at the time. Today, you you'd see these kinds of episodes. I think not only obviously in Rick and Morty, like we mentioned, but in probably other ones as well. Uh, but it was nice. Thirty two short films of Springfield. yeah, in Springfield and Simpsons does it too. Called. Yeah, so. This was one of the first ones, I think, to do it, if not the first. I'd like to challenge you all out there. I'm sure if there's you another know, one. No. <laughs> the gauntlet has been thrown. If you know of a different cartoon out there that predates this one, that did this kind of channel-changing kind of thing, I'd be interested in hear about it. Uh, not as a competition, but more just uh, to see, like, how, where did this kind of come from first? So who did it first? So far, I'm thinking Tiny Toons, but we'll find out. Well, uh, let's go ahead and get, before we get to our contact information, let's go ahead and get to our poll results. And let me see if I can find these. Oh, no. Oh? Okay. Um, I'm sorry to do this, everybody. But back from his leave of absence, (gasps) here comes our announcer (gasps) with our poll results. Hello, everyone. I am back. Yes. This is the Animaniacast announcer doing my official duty here in Burbank, California, as I'm going up to the gate to try to find out some more information about the Animaniacs reboot, which is apparently scheduled to come out this year, in 2020. Who would have thought? Who would have knew? No one. Well, I'm going to get the scoop right here. So I'm going to go up to the gate. Hello there. I'm from the Animaniacast. Yes. The Animaniacast? Never heard of them? No, they're the Animaniacs podcast. They put out official things all the time. Well, not really official, but... Hello? Well, no luck today. But, I do have the Animaniacast poll results. Listeners were asked, which of these hashtag Pinky and the Brain segments from hashtag Animaniacs is your favorite. The winner will go head-to-head against Baba Boba Brain. Hashtag Animaniacast poll. In fourth place was When Mice Ruled the Earth. In third place was The Brain's Apprentice. In second place was Meet John Brain. But number one was Pavlov's Mice. Well, there you have it. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to try to sneak in by, I don't know, digging a tunnel under the Warner Brothers wall? I'm not exactly sure, but hopefully I'll find some information out. But until then, I shall see you in the next episode here on the Animaniacast. Okay, well, thank you very much. And now the did winner... so good. He did so well. <laughs> of course, the, the winner of this poll is is going... Uh, Pavlov's Mifes is going off to face Bubba Boba Brain this week in our uh, next poll. So you'll have to go to hashtag Animaniacast poll or simply go to twitter.com slash Animaniacast to make your voice heard on that one. But let's hear what you guys think. Which of those segments did you think was the best? Nathan, let's start with you. Uh, I voted for uh, Pavlov's Mice along with uh, the slight majority. <laughs> and I felt bad when I was seeing the results because when we were talking about it, I almost got rid of Pavlov's Mice because I didn't think it was as uh, funny as the other ones. But I was wrong. I guess. So wrong. I don't know. It's so, it was a it, hard... It was. It was, it was a hard, difficult choice. I, I think... 
gosh, of all those, I might say Meet John Brain might be my favorite one just because of the political commentary. And I think Pinky is very funny in that one, mm-hmm. uh, flopping around in a dress. And uh, yeah, I think that one's the funniest. Uh, and Kelly, which of those do you think is the funniest? Uh, I I liked the one that was um, like the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Ah, yes, the Brain's Apprentice right there. Yeah. That one is like step by step, like really just almost exactly like Fantasia. It was very impressive. Mm-hmm. Just really well done. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know how funny it is, but I, I just, I like it. It's really, the music and everything's really well done. All right. Well, you'll have to go, everybody, out to anim- the, take the next Animaniacast poll. What do you think is better, Pavlov's Mice or Bubba Bo Bob Brain? Go to hashtag Animaniacast poll on Twitter. That'll do it for today's episode. Let's go and get to some contact information. Nathan, where can people reach you online? Uh, hi, Joey. I'm right next to you. Oh, hi. Uh, you can just reach out and grab me. Okay. Oh, ah, take this. Okay. Uh, oh, no, I'm on Twitter, DjangoFT. That's me. Okay. Kelly, what about you? I'm also on Twitter at Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-R-N-C-S-S, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. All right, and as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Discord as well with the rest of the RetroZap crew. We're a proud member of the RetroZap podcast community. In fact, what you can do out there is you can subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed and get every single one of the RetroZap podcasts, including this one, for free. And, yeah, and... Why not head over to our Discord group? You can get an invite by going to discord.animaniacast.com. And that way you can talk about Animaniacs or really anything pop culture. It's a really positive place and really fantastic people there. Uh, So check it out and you won't be disappointed. That'll do it for today's episode. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.